this is just is not what I thought this was going to be. And I was mad at myself because I had wanted to be a mom for so long and then I felt like I wasn't joyful about it. So I really struggled with that. He was he was probably about 14, 15 months old and I was like, oh, why didn't you realize this? This isn't, I'm not depressed. I don't hate being a mom. I have postpartum depression. Hello and welcome to Healing Trauma Mamas. I'm your host, Madon Wingo. Thank you for joining us as we share in our stories and experiences of healing from childhood traumas and birth traumas. Listen as we discuss our struggles, our failures, our strengths and our victories, and all those lessons we've learned along the way. Why, hello, Healing Trauma Mamas. Welcome back to the podcast today. I am just thankful that we get to be here again today, that um, another wonderful mama has um, decided to come share um, in her story and her journey and not only the struggles that she's been through, but um, the many, many lessons the Lord has taught her. And I'm just, uh, I'm thankful to everyone out there listening that has been willing to come on the podcast and share those thinking about coming on the podcast to share. Um, thank you. Thank you for even thinking about it. And, uh, I do want to encourage you guys to reach out to me if, if you have a journey, which I know I've said this many, many times before on the podcast, but every single person has an amazing journey to share. You may not realize it, but I'm telling you that you do. You have something that others can learn from um, your journey. All of us have such unique journeys that the Lord has put us on and um, so many different um, ways that we all grew up, so many different um, ways that we came about being mothers and uh, and where he's brought us to now in, in, our, in our journey. I'm just... I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for everyone that has shared, and I'm thankful to um, welcome Jody on the podcast today. Jody, do you mind introducing yourself? I don't mind. My name is Jody Cheney. I am um, a mother of four. I have a singleton who is um, currently 21 years old, and I have triplets who are 15. They will be 16 just before Christmas this year. So, um, Mama four, um, wife to my husband. We have been married for 29 years and um, I'm a pharmacist. Awesome. And surprisingly, you're not the first pharmacist we've had on the podcast. <laughs> you're the second. <laughs> so that's awesome. So I, I love when you introduced um, you, you have, you know, a singleton because you know, something's coming after somebody says a singleton because <laughs> 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 usually we just say a child, but it's like, that means, okay, triplets are coming. Um, so that's pretty amazing. Three 15 year olds in your house at this moment. I have four teenagers right now and they are a blast, but every single age has their different pros and cons, <laughs> different, <laughs> different <laughs> blessings in them. So I, I, to me thinking about having three of my, I have a 15 year old and three of him would be amazing most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Our house runs fairly smoothly most of the time. So yeah. uh, we have, we have great children. We've, we've been blessed with very good children. I love it. That's wonderful. So I would love to kind of start a little bit, um, kind of your journey to motherhood, if that's all right. 
Um, I, I know you and I have discussed a little bit before that you, you had a great foundation starting out, um, wonderful mom and dad. And, um, then you maybe met your husband. I don't know how old you were when you met your husband. My husband and I met when we were 15, we met in driver's ed. He was a, uh, we both were born and raised here in the same town and, he attended a private Christian school and I attended public school and his school contracted our school to do driver's education. So we met in driver's ed when we were 15. Well, that's awesome. Uh, when did you get married? We did not get married until we were, um, I had been 20 for a couple of weeks and John was 19 and didn't turn 20 until about two months into our marriage. Mm-hmm. And that was in 1994. It was a long time ago. Wow. That's neat. High school sweethearts. Yes, we were. We dated for four years. Well, we were just shy of four years when we got married. We, we dated for three years and 10 months. Wow. So do you guys start out really, really solid in your marriage? You both have goals and things you were headed towards? Um, John and I were both Christians growing up. John is actually the son of two pastors. His, his mother and father were both ministers. And, um, so we've always had a God-based relationship, but we were kids when we got married. So sometimes we were stupid. Oh yeah. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing about us. My son, actually, a picture came up from our wedding on my screen um, a couple of days ago. And my four-year-old came in and he looked at it. He's like, I don't understand. And I said, what? He's like, why do you guys look like kids? <laughs> yes, like, our wedding, well. pictures, wedding pictures are the same for us. We look like kids <laughs> because we were. So yeah, us too. Us too. So, well, I'm glad you guys had such a strong foundation to start with. And how long was it into your marriage before you guys had children? Well, I was in college when we got married and and John was in college off and on, but one of us had to make a living, but I was in pharmacy school or actually had not been accepted to pharmacy school yet when we got married. Um, started pharmacy school in 96 and we married in 94. So I was still in my undergrad education. What made you want and, to become a pharmacist? Um, I had worked in high school for the local, two of the local pharmacies. And um, I really didn't, I had all, I, growing up, I always thought I wanted to be a school teacher. And I can remember sitting in an honors English class in my senior year. And it was absolute chaos. And I thought, I can't do this. I, I can't do this for mm-hmm. <laughs> And so I kind of started thinking about other things. I was, I really, I've always loved numbers and math. And so I was kind of leaning towards being an accountant, but the two pharmacists that I worked for encouraged me to look into pharmacy school. And I thought, uh, science had never, I'd never just loved science. I mean, I did okay in science, but, um, it was never a passion of mine. And I loved, I loved math and I especially loved accounting because everything balanced, you could make everything Mm -hmm. equal zero. (laughs) And I loved that. I loved being able to track every little bitty thing. And um, they started encouraging me to, to think about 
pharmacy school. And so I took my first couple of college science classes and enjoyed it. So I headed down that path. Nice. So then you got um, into pharmacy school and when did you guys start trying for children? I graduated from pharmacy school in May of 2000 and immediately we started trying Mm -hmm. and um, our oldest son was not born until April of 2002. So it took a significant amount of time, which surprised me, kind of caught me off guard. Um, went through some struggles with that is when I when I got off the birth control that I was taking. And at the time, I didn't know what I was doing. But now as a pharmacist, um, I can tell you that I do not recommend hormonal birth controls to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they do a lot of damage to our our system, there is, um, there is such a thing as competitive inhibition. And so when you, when you feed your body something that it makes naturally on its own, it, it turns off the, the processes that cause it to make it itself. And so I just, I really think that you can do damage to yourself with hormonal, um, birth controls. Um, everybody does not agree with me, but that is how I personally feel after my struggles. And so I am praying currently about how I'm going to advise my girls when, when they come of age and, and need mm-hmm. to, to be concerned about that. But um, we immediately got off of birth control. There were instantly problems because I, I immediately stopped cycling. I would go for months with no, no period. And so I knew that wasn't going to work. And so I went to the doctor and we started investigating things and um, trying to figure out what exactly was going on. And I was just seeing my regular obstetrician. And so he wasn't well-versed in, in hormones and hormone balance. I mean, of course he knew what they all did, but he, he wasn't used to the, to fine tuning the, the slight nuances that you can have in hormone balance. But um, with his help, we did, we did conceive Seth. And, um, so Seth came along in 2002 and then we were not pregnant again until 2007. And we did, we did nothing in between to prevent pregnancy. And actually with the triplets, we, we ended up the, my same doctor, the same doctor that delivered Seth sent me to a fertility specialist in Lubbock. And she is the one that, um, helped get my hormones balanced so that we could conceive the triplets. So we haven't talked about fertility struggles too much on the podcast yet. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a big time span, especially for, you know, not preventing or anything like that. Yes. Um, what, what first made you think like, maybe there's an issue here. Maybe, maybe we're having some, maybe hormones aren't correct. Maybe we're, we've got some type of infertility issue? What made you finally get to that point where you're thinking, okay, what's going on? Well, I will tell you that the the absence of menses definitely was, was a big um, sign for me, but embarrassing to confess, because at this point I was a doctor of pharmacy and I had been in college for 
seven years, three years in my undergraduate and four years in graduate school and very medically heavy, medically based. And I didn't know. I mean, nobody ever taught me that in school. So really everything I know about hormone balance now I've taught myself through contact with practitioners who know and through reading. Um, But definitely not being not not cycling. I was like, okay, well, I know this isn't right. And I know you have to cycle to, to ovulate and potentially conceive. So um, definitely that was a sign, but really I didn't understand my hormone balance until just a few years ago, well after I'd had all of my children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I've heard a lot of people uh, and especially younger people are like, yeah, I'm just so glad I haven't had a period in like six months. And I'm just like looking at them go, no, that is yeah, not that, okay. That is not that, okay. That is not good. <laughs> you know, we need to figure out what's going on with your body because our body is supposed to cycle there. There are yeah. hormone surges that we need to have. And, and there is definitely a balance there that the Lord created whenever he designed our bodies that needs to be there. And when things are out of whack, then we need to figure out why, why is your body not producing what it's supposed to be producing and what can we do to help it? Um, yeah. And, and I, I hear you on the hormonal birth control. I say the same thing, like, please, please, please don't. I got it on, I was on it too. Um, when we first got married and, um, for a year or so and struggled when we first got off of it, thinking like, well, not, not, not just like the weight gain and, um, different trouble I had with my emotions and stuff, but getting able to cycle back correctly and looking at, you know, having our first one, um, just for my body to even be prepared for that after being on the hormonal birth control. So I'm so thankful that I was only on it for a year to two years. I know people that have been on it for so many years and then they try to get off and it is so hard on your body. Yes. So you guys decided to try to get, find some balance. You went and found a doctor to help you um, look at the balance and look at conceiving. Yes. And actually I, what he, his main goal was not to balance my hormones. His main goal was to make sure that I ovulated. So yes, I can see that how that's definitely our goal, but had, had I sought out somebody who had been trained holistically, I probably would have had a very different adult life. I I told you that the day, the, the first day that I met you had, had I met the practitioner that I ultimately ended up with, I probably would have had a very different adult life. Yeah. Um, because there are so many, there are so many physical struggles when your hormones are out of balance that don't even include fertility. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I, I'm off track slightly, but just the, um, after my kids came along, my, my hormones still being unbalanced. I was so exhausted. If I sat down, I fell asleep. I can remember when, when they were all little and then trying to read to me when they were in kindergarten and first grade, trying to learn to read and, Oh, it was like I had been drugged. I just could not hold my eyes open, but I had, I had three little children at the same age, all trying to read me the same book. And I would just, you know, it just took, it was all that I had in me to keep my eyes open. But I knew that if I got home from work, if I sat down, I was going to fall asleep. So I had to stay up doing things to be awake. 
And that was all, that all linked back to my hormones. Once I got my hormones fixed, that problem went away. Yeah. See, a lot of people wouldn't have even looked at your hormones. They just would have been like, of course she's exhausted. She's working and got, got three little ones um, to take care of, you know, and they wouldn't even like their brain wouldn't have even went to, Hey, maybe there's some hormones out of whack here. Yes. Well, hindsight, um, I'm glad that you can see that now and that you can point others maybe in that direction when you hear them talking. Yes, absolutely. I, in, in my practice at work, I often will, I try to silently listen because everybody's problem is, is not the same as mine. So I don't want to try to cram everybody into my peg hole, but when I've picked up enough clues and and they've tried enough things, I usually will finally say, has anybody who knows how to balance them looked at your hormones? Because having your hormones looked at and having them looked at by somebody who actually knows how to balance them are two very, very different things. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. Yeah. So that's great that you have a resource for that now. Yes. Do you want to give the name of that doctor so we can let others know? I see Shane Frankel in Lubbock. He's a nurse practitioner and he actually used to practice with Dr. Ben um, at at Veritas. So they're, they're all kind of in the same. And I have a lot of patients who also see um, practitioners at the Veritas clinic and they're very happy with them as well. I, I would say anybody who practices along that line would definitely be worth seeing. Yeah, definitely functional medicine. Um, yes, is the way to go on that for sure. So, so back to conceiving the triplets, were you guys, you guys were just working on you trying to ovulate. You didn't end up doing like in vitro or anything like that. We did not do in vitro. They, um, we started after several years of no, um, no conception. We, so I went um, back to our obstetrician. We were we were frustrated that we had been trying for several years and, and nothing was happening. And I, I was not cycling regularly, but I was still cycling at least. And so um, we we talked about going back on Clomid. We had done Clomid with Seth. And so he tried Clomid again and it just made me crazy. I mean, I, I would have these, I, I could imagine this, the craziest scenario um, Seth is the oldest grandchild on my side. And so he was the only grandchild for five years. And so my parents did so many things with Seth because he was the only one and they, they could take him all kinds of places. Anyway, mom and dad would have Seth out on a trip, you know, just a little afternoon trip. And in my mind, I could, I could hallucinate this (laughs) insane scenario where they had had an accident and both of my parents were killed and they didn't know what to do with Seth. They didn't know who he belonged to. I mean, I would just imagine these insane things. And, and I knew how that worked because I've worked many years in a hospital and I know what it's like when we have unidentified people who come in in an accident. We, I know how that works. I knew that they could find me, but the, the hormone imbalance that the Clomid was causing just made me insane. Sounds like so, yeah, we did that for two months and I, I told my doctor, I said, I, I just cannot, I cannot do this. And so he said, okay, well, let me send you to a specialist. So he sent us to Dr. Janelle Dorset in Lubbock. And I'm not sure if Dr. Janelle is still in practice or not. Um, 
I know she's, I know she sold her practice and she was still working for them, but that was several years ago, the last time I checked in on her. And so I don't know if she's still in practice, but she is, she's an awesome lady. Uh, she has many children of her own and I loved her. And so she immediately got to work, um, looking at, at my hormone balance and, um, she did an exploratory laparoscopic laparoscopy where she went in and looked to make sure I didn't have any type of, um, anatomical abnormalities that were causing problems. And within the first probably year and a half with her, um, we were able to conceive. So, um, after you found out you conceived, how long was it until you found out you were having triplets? Well, that, that's a great story. So let me tell you that. <laughs> um, when they, when they called me, of course, like I said, I'm a pharmacist, so I'm trained medically. And when they called me, the nurse, um, she said, well, Ms. Cheney, you are very pregnant. And of course, this is literally, you know, this is by blood test and this is literally days after the point where they should even be able to detect anything. And I said, I'm very pregnant. She said, yes. And she's kind of giggling. And I said, well, how pregnant am I? (laughs) (laughs) And so um, I don't remember the exact number, but I think, I think my level was around 274. And so I'm thinking, and it should have been about 90. And so Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, Hmm. Let's see, ninety times three. <laughs> so I was kind of there doing the go. math in my head, and I, I was, I was stunned. I mean, I we had prayed for so many years for another baby. Well, and we'd prayed for so many years for any baby, and of course we had Seth, and we loved Seth, and and I had um, prayed to God that if Seth was our only child, that that God would take that desire for more children, that yearning away from me. And he had not. So, but when I thought of the, the prospect of three at once, I was just speechless. <laughs> so um, I got in that call during the middle of the day. And of course, we're both at work. So that night I got home and I told, John, of course, I immediately told him I was pregnant. But then when I got home is when we discussed the potential that it was more than one. And, um, I love my husband because, um, he can, I love him for very many reasons, but the, one of the reasons I love him is that he can be my balance. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so when I was kind of like losing my mind that not like it's three, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? And he's like, calm down. Nobody told you it's three. You are making something out of nothing. We're not going to stress over this. So he, he was, he didn't believe me. (laughs) He didn't think it was three. He heard, he heard my case. (laughs) And then he Mm -hmm. said, you are making a big deal out of something. That's not a deal. Just calm down. So um, several weeks go by, of course, they keep monitoring my my blood levels and everything is on the rise just as it should be. And they are all exponentially higher than they should be if it's one. Mm -hmm. And so we go to our first um, sonogram, I believe at eight weeks and um, they find two. 
And so by now my levels are so high, they're not even measuring them anymore because it's, there's no way to even do the math on it at this point because they are off the charts high. And so they do the first sonogram and they see two babies. And so we believe that we are having twins, but I've known in my heart since the day I got the phone call that there are three. And so mm-hmm. I was, I was honestly sad I, because I've been in my soul. I thought, well, one of them died. And um, so God and I talked about that a lot over the next couple of weeks. And um, I don't know if John really thought that one of them died or if he just thought maybe I, my, <laughs> my science was off. I don't know really what he thought, but he didn't seem to be as, um, stricken by it as I was, but I was sad. Mm-hmm. Um, as stunned as I was when we found, when, when we, I heard the numbers, I I was sad when I thought, okay, because I'd already, my mind was already set that there were three. So um, we came home from that appointment and went about our regular lives. And then two weeks later, I had another sonogram and um, my, my father and my mom and dad both um, own a trucking company and um, John is a diesel mechanic and a truck driver and a farm hand and a cowboy and a long list of things that my husband is capable of doing and has done over the years for work. But um, my dad had a truck in, in Lubbock at the Peterbilt house that was in the shop. And so John, it was, it was done. And so they were picking it up. And so John rode up there with me to Lubbock and I dropped him off at the Peterbilt house. And I was like, do you want to come with me to my appointment? It'll just take a few minutes. And he's like, you're going to have a million appointments between now and when the the twins come. Um, If I go with you to every one of them, we'll be broke before they get here. So I'm like, okay. (laughs) So he gets in the truck and drives back home and I go to my doctor's appointment. Well, I am going to tell the nurse that while she's doing the sonogram, that your job today is to find the third baby, because I have known since I (laughs) was first told I was pregnant that there were three and I'm in the middle of the sentence and I'm telling her your job today is two. And she says, and you can't gasp when you are doing a sonogram, especially to a woman who has had fertility issues. Yeah. (laughs) And she said, So I paused mid-sentence. I haven't even gotten the sentence out of my mouth, but this is exactly what I'm about to say to her. And she said, how many did we tell you there were? And I said, two. And she said, I'll be right back. I said, there's a third one in there, isn't there? And she said, let me get the doctor. I'll be right back. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so she leaves the room to go get Dr. Dorset. And uh, yes, they found the third one before I could even tell them that was their job. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. I love it. So, I did not call John and tell him because I thought, well, this is what you get when you don't come to an appointment. You just Uh-oh. call <laughs> So I ran the errands I had to run in Lubbock and I um, went and got a pedicure and <laughs> I took myself out to eat and then I came home and when he got home, um, I sat down on the side of the bed. I had not had, I had not told a soul, which was very hard to do all day long. I had not told anybody because of course I had friends and my mom and my mother-in-law calling to check and make sure the appointment went okay. And like you had a little fun secret that you were keeping. I did. I had had celebrating on your own. Yes. I had a fun secret all day and I got home and John got home. Seth and I are there and John gets home and 
he says, well, what did everything go? Okay. Which I had already talked to him. And so he knew that the doctor's appointment went okay. And so I got the pictures out of my purse and we're sitting on this, on the edge of the bed side by side. And Seth is behind us standing on the bed, little five-year-old Seth. And, um, he looks over our shoulder between us. And before I can say anything or John can register what he's looking at, Seth says, there's three because he can see three little beans in this picture. <laughs> and John looks at me and I look at John and he is, he is stunned. He's stunned like I was weeks ago when they first told me that my, what my levels were. So mm-hmm. um, his face is just <laughs> indescribable. So um, I had at least braced him. I had told him several weeks ago that <laughs> there were three <laughs> But um, then he went through his speechless days where, you know, it's just, it's a hard thing to wrap your brain around because you're like, what, what are we going to do? And so I, I did struggle with that because I worked full time. I, growing up, I never imagined that I was going to be a pharmacist or a secretary or a bus driver or, you know, name, name a profession. I never dreamed about any profession. I never thought I wouldn't work, but I didn't dream about my work. I dreamed about being a mom. And um, unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, I don't know what you want to say. I've chosen a profession where um, it, it kind of dictates that I will work because it costs a lot of money to become a pharmacist. And sadly, it costs a lot more money now to become a pharmacist than it did when I did it. But it was a very expensive degree and it has taken me very many years to pay it off. And um, then you add to the fact that having four children, three of them at the same time, is also very expensive and so it's just, it's been, it's been hard not to work. And it's actually for us, it has been impossible for me to not work. Um, mm-hmm. And thankfully I've, I've earned good money through the years. So the, the child care and the things that we've needed because I was at work were affordable for us. But um, anyway, so, so knowing that I needed to work because at the time I still owed a lot of money for my degree there, it just really, it was not possible for me to stay home. So knowing we were pregnant with triplets and having done rotations in NICU um, when I was in pharmacy school, I definitely knew the um, the dangers and the the possibilities of having multiples and the the problems that could arise from that. So it was hard to find joy in that because I was I just the human in me wanted to be scared. Mm-hmm. So the Christian in me had to take over and tell the human in me that God is in charge. God is not surprised we were pregnant with triplets and God knew how we were going to take care of them. And um, he had, he told me in my quiet time with him that, that he never gave us an assignment that he doesn't equip us to complete. And so mm-hmm. I knew that God was with us and in however way he, whatever way he worked it out, it was going to work. We were, we were going to be fine. And so that's how, that's how I found my joy in that, in that circumstance, because um, the, the logical 
educated mathematician human inside of me wanted to say, this isn't logical. The math doesn't work. (laughs) You know, I wanted to say all of those things to myself. And I just, I just had to say, we're not talking about that. That's we're we're not going to speak negative things over this. We're going to speak positive things. That's great. You made me think of uh, Philippians 1, 6. I believe it says, um, the word confident that he who began a good work will carry it through to completion. Yes. And yeah. I was just thinking of that immediately. I was like, yes, exactly. Like he, he already knew this was going to happen and he yeah. is going to provide everything that you need for it. Yes. And I've shared this with our Sunday school class many times, because as we study different things, it's, it's been um, relevant in so many different studies, but I was bitter for a long time that, um, that I, that I had fertility struggles. You know, when, when I used to pray for a surprise, Lord, please give me a surprise. Boy, did he ever give me a surprise (laughs) because when you're, when conception becomes like a science experiment, it takes Mm -hmm. a lot of the fun and joy out of it. Oh yeah. And, um, both of our conceptions were science experiments and, and that made it hard. You know, you're, you're on a schedule, you've got, you've got thermometers and charts and, and it's, it's just not fun. And, um, and it causes, it causes stress in your relationship. It causes Mm -hmm. a lot of stress in your relationship and, um, it causes, it causes you to blame yourself for something that is really completely not your fault. And it causes you to blame your partner for something that is completely not your partner's fault, but it's just a very stressful time. But after, after everything had happened, um, another thing God told me is that, well, let me back up to when I was pregnant or we were trying to conceive Seth month after month of, of nothing happening and just, you know, tears and grief and, um, lots and lots of angry prayers because I wanted to know why, why could, why can I not do something so pure? God told us to be fruitful and multiply, but, but I can't do that. And so, um, it was, it was a struggle for me. I was, I was very upset. And, um, one of the things that God told me while, while we, while we talked about that, he talked and I mostly yelled, um, was that every child is sent here in, in its perfect time so that it can complete its purpose here. God does not send souls early and he does not let them stay late. And so um, that has been much more impactful to me later on in life than it was to me at the time, because at the time I was still just angry. Um, But I have, I have remembered that always. And I mean, I'm not one who's ever heard a, a booming voice of God, but that was a very audible voice in my mind the morning that I was told that I can still tell you exactly where I was standing and exactly what I was doing. And I heard an audible voice in my mind. And that is what God told me. So that did, that did help. Well, it didn't help right then. And shortly after that, within a a couple of months of him telling me that we did conceive Seth and so that knowing that knowledge did help me as we waited for the triplets. And that's probably why I waited so long before I went back to my doctor and said, okay, 
this, you know, this isn't working because we were getting older and older and Seth was getting older and older. And I was like, you know, I would really like to raise one, one family altogether, not two completely separate families, because as Seth was, was growing up, I just, I, I longed to have more children with, for him to be with. And, um, after the triplets came along, because I was angry over that too, because again, I felt like our desire was pure. We just wanted to have children that just seemed like a very pure request. And, um, once they, once they came along, God revealed to me that, the reason that we had to do all of the struggling that we did was to line us up with the physicians that we were, that we ultimately ended up with and the other people that, that we interacted with throughout our pregnancy who would make sure that they were healthy. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was at first, I was like, is that really a word from God? Because isn't God the great physician? Like why, why did we, why did we have to do it like that? But I, I do believe that, especially as somebody who practices in healthcare, I believe that that I practice with a Christian belief system and a Christian attitude. And I know that God is ultimately in control, but I think sometimes God also wants us to, to seek out people who specialize in a certain topic or a certain education because... That, that has been revealed to us. I believe that there are a lot of things that I know that I did not learn in school that I believe God has revealed to me through listening to my patients and, and interaction with other medical professionals. So that was another thing that God told me after the fact is that the struggle was was there, but the, the reason the struggle was there is because we had to, the the right teams had to be aligned. And definitely he did because the triplets were born um, almost eight weeks early and mm-hmm. they, there could have been very many problems. There could have been vision problems. There could have been learning disabilities. There could have been hearing problems. There could have been a lot of problems at that age and there were none. We have three normal, beautiful, healthy children. And um, I, I definitely believe that, that, part of the reason why is that God aligned all of the right specialists and, and we were able to um, take very, very good care of them in utero and after they were born. That's great. I'm glad you can see his hand and all of that. It was hard at the time because I was angry, but yes, definitely. I can, I can definitely, and I wasn't so angry. I left, but, but I would, I was, I had some rough conversations <laughs> with him and I'm glad God is a, is a forgiving and understanding God, because sometimes we say things that you look back and I'm like, I'm sorry, God, I can't believe I said that out loud. But I did. I said what I thought. He already knew what I thought anyway. So I think he appreciates that, actually. I don't think we need to apologize to him because he knows we're being real with him. I mean, some yes. of my best conversations with him have been me ugly crying and yelling and screaming. And so much good has come out of those conversations yes <laughs> yeah so oh, I think I think he appreciates us being real with him and not trying to have any pretense and he's a loving father he wants to take care of us and 
And he does, he does, and he did for you and um, provided all the right people at the right places. And I think that's, when we acknowledge that, I think that's also us acknowledging, like, the Lord has given us all so many different gifts and talents and how when we when we dive into that you never know why he gave you this particular gift in in that particular area and then things come along and you're like oh okay so just like yeah. those you know providers and all the different people lined up for you each one of those people were in their calling at the right place at the right time to help you yes so and i'm and, sure you've and, been that for other and people help. And to help these babies be in their right place at their right time for Mm -hmm. their calling. Yes, exactly. Yep, exactly. All of that. So that's, that's amazing to just think about all of us. I'm sure it could take a moment to pause and think about that for a little bit, just each individually us, you know, pursuing the callings the Lord has given us and the talents and gifts. And then all those other people coming alongside us and children, their gifts and talents and how they're needed for that specific time. You know, it makes me think of Esther each time, you know, you were born for such a time as this, like right now, God's not late, like you said, and he's not early. He's perfect timing for a reason. And um, uh, let's celebrate that. Let's enjoy it for sure. So you, they were born eight weeks early. They had to stay in the NICU, I assume for a little while. They were in the NICU for 21 days. Wow. That's really good. 21 days is not bad at all for eight week early triplets. Yes. That's, yes, that's they pretty were, amazing. They were four pounds, four, eight and four ten. Wow. And so um, they wanted us to be at least five pounds each. And of course, everybody had to be off of, well, I don't know that they had to be off of oxygen. That was their goal. And and they all were, they were all off of oxygen well before we left. The, the biggest struggle was eating um, mm-hmm. because they all initially had NG tubes and um, then Mason, our the the youngest of the triplets which they were they yanked them out of there fast they were all born a minute apart so um but she she's she was the last she was baby c and um she ended up ventilated and on tpn for which is um iv nutrition for a few days until she decided to reach up there and yank the tube out of her throat so she (laughs) she extubated herself and then once she once she did well and they didn't have to reintubate, um, then they were able to take her off of IV nutrition and she was able to get um, milk after that. So, but Sadie was our Sadie was our struggler. She she struggled to eat. She just she just couldn't get the sucking thing down. And even honestly, after we got home for for a few months after we got home, she was the challenging one to feed. So, um, but she, she's taller than I am now and <laughs> she, has, she has no problems eating. She became our garbage disposal because when they were tiny, she used to eat her food and then she would eat whatever was left of everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So were you able to breastfeed them? I was never able to breastfeed them because of course in the NICU, everything is so measured and monitored. 
but I was able to pump. Um, that didn't last an awfully long time because I, I made a lot more milk while I was there in Lubbock and in and out of the hospital with them because the nurses, God bless the nurses. Um, they were, they were of course doing so many things. So, you know, they would say, okay, you know, if you need to go pump. And so they were helping me stay on a pumping schedule. They did get mostly breast milk while they were in NICU. Um, once we came home, I didn't, I had to do, I didn't have to do everything. There were a lot of people helping us, but you know, I was doing so much more than I was doing when, when we were at the hospital and the nurses were doing so much. Um, it was just a lot harder to stay on a schedule to pump. So um, I pumped until I went back to work, which I went back to work in February after they were born in December. Mm-hmm. So um, I was able to store a decent amount of breast milk while I was pumping. And so because Sadie struggled so much to eat, especially at night when she was sleepy, um, we fed Sadie most of the breast milk we had stored because she ate it a lot better than she ate the formula. That was wise too. She probably really needed that. Well, she did. She was the tiny one. She was the four pounder. And, um, but she just has a tiny build. That's just her, that's just her structure. She's still, she's still a tiny little thing, even though she's tall, but, um, yeah, she, she was the little bitty one. So Mm. she probably did need it more than the other two. So going back to work at what, what, how much time did you get off? You said, I guess, I think it was right at eight weeks. That's so we spent, thinking. we spent three of those eight weeks in, in the hospital or they were in the hospital. I was staying at the Ronald McDonald house. And I will say people may have had other experiences in different ones, but the one in Lubbock, it was amazing. Um, we, I stayed for three weeks at the Ronald McDonald house for the price of what one night in a hotel would have cost. So oh, it wow. was, wow. it was a major blessing I have donated money over the years to the Ronald McDonald house and I've never regretted it. It's, it's a good charity. So if anybody doesn't know about the Ronald McDonald house, if you ever have a child in the hospital, go talk to the Ronald McDonald house because they can, they can help you get affordable um, accommodations. They're close to the hospital. Awesome. So how was that going back to work? Um, (laughs) it was, I mean, I was exhausted. We were, we were still feeding children around the clock on a schedule and, um, well, it was, it was hard. Um, but I did it because God does not give us an assignment that he does not equip us to complete. So, um, I had, I had great help at work. Um, I had great friends. Um, John's sister is, um, a licensed counselor now, but at the time she was still finishing her degree. And so, um, she was supposed to be switching colleges and I can't even remember now this many years later why she was switching colleges, but there was, there was some, for some reason she was switching programs and, um, she was supposed to start in January. And this is after the triplets were born in December and lo and behold, the, university that she was supposed to be transferring to, I'm using air quotes, lost her transcripts. So Hmm. she was not able to start until the summer. 
And so um, it just so happened that she was unemployed and looking for something to do that semester because um, the the transfer between universities had had gotten messed up. And so she stayed in our home um, during the day while we were at work and took care of the triplets. And then my mom and, and John and Joy's mom alternated um, coming in and helping her at feeding time so that she didn't have to try to feed three of them all by herself. Although occasionally she did feed all three of them all by herself and she could do it. But that was a real blessing for her to be able to stay with us until they were six months old um, before they went to daycare. That's amazing how that worked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, you licensed counselor and it made me start to thinking um, that you know, you had so many issues with your hormones beforehand um, for conceiving and everything. How did you deal with hormones afterwards? Um, my hormones were a mess. Yeah. And um, after Seth was born, um, and I'm ashamed to say this because I am a pharmacist and I was a pharmacist before I ever started having children and I should have known better, but I didn't realize I was depressed. I mean, postpartum depression was something that's for other people. That's not for me. <laughs> and um, Seth was a little over a year old before I realized, okay, you know, think about this. This is, this is what this is. But I was very depressed. John and I started dating in, in January of 1991. And Seth was not born until April of 2002. So for 11 years as a couple, we had set our own schedule and done our own thing. And now we had this little baby here telling us everything, like when we can eat, if we can eat it when it's hot, if you can go to the bathroom, if you can take a shower, this baby mm. was suddenly in charge. And, you know, to have, to have gone from so many years of of longing for a child and then suddenly the child changes everything so much. And I was, and then, then you add the hormone factor in on top of it. And I was just so sad. I was profoundly depressed after Seth came. Um, so many things just, I'm just like, this is just, isn't what I thought this was going to be. And I was mad at myself because I had wanted to be a mom for so long. And then I felt like I wasn't joyful about it. And, um, so I really struggled with that. And then, then, like I said, once, once he was, he was probably about 14, 15 months old. And I was like, Oh, why didn't you realize this? This isn't, I'm not depressed. I don't hate being a mom. I have postpartum depression. Mm. So that helped a lot. And then once, once I realized that and, um, began to address that, um, that changed everything. I, I could, I could find joy in things. I, I didn't, I wasn't mad at myself. I didn't feel like I was a horrible person because I'd always wanted to be a mom. And then I got to be a mom and didn't like being a mom. That wasn't it at all. So because I had already been through that experience with Seth, I had a very different, um, I guess a different outlook on it or, I guess I knew what to expect a little bit better with the triplets. So of course with, with triplets, um, you know, we've already talked about the hormones, how I, how I knew initially it was three because my hormone levels were at this exponentially higher number. 
well, it's, it's the same thing at the end that you've, you've carried and nurtured three children at once. And so the hormones are in exponential states. They're so much higher than normal. So yes, the depression was profound, but because I had already been through that with Seth, I think that helped a lot. I just, and this is not to trivialize anyone else's depression or to say that you just have to pull yourself up by your bootstraps to get out of it. That is not true. If you are struggling, you need to seek help. You need to talk to somebody about that. But because I had already been through it with Seth and I knew what it was, I just told myself, we don't have time for this. You you have dozens of bottles to wash. There are dirty clothes everywhere. There are blankets, there are diapers. I mean, I just like, I was like, get busy, do something. And I think just knowing what I had already gone through with Seth and, and being able to recognize it immediately rather than months later, I think made it a lot easier to deal with. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And sometimes just that busy aspect can help a lot. I mean, it's not like you want to completely disregard it, um, but giving yourself some purpose, some something that, you know, this has to be done. Um, yes. I think that can help. That can help so much. For sure. So life with three little ones, how did that go? Well, we have an awesome church. And um, so they had signed up for a meal train. So there were people bringing meals into our, our home five days a week. And um, and they and they did that. I don't even remember weeks and weeks. So really, it was probably more like a few months. I mean, it was a long time. We had so much help from our church. And of course, our family, uh, both sides, my, my side of the family and John's side of the family, both were very helpful. And um, we we really tried to incorporate Seth into everything that we did. I mean, yes, he was just a little boy. He was almost six when they came. And um, but we wanted we didn't want him to feel like, OK, well, we're done with you. We've done this instead. So. Everything about, you know, anything we can incorporate him into. So like at our 8 p.m. feeding, we we let made sure Seth was still up for that. So he he got to feed one of the babies. And so we all three got to feed a baby at 8 p.m. And um, we just had to figure out ways to make it work. I mean, we, we still had to work whether whether we wanted to or not. The people we owed money to insisted on it. And mm-hmm. we, we wanted to make sure Seth didn't feel like we were throwing him aside because now we had this new focus. And so we just really had to try hard to, to make it work. I mean, we just had to, we had to establish new routines, but I can remember one morning in particular, um, I was uh, getting ready for work. I was waiting on joy to get there. So Seth and I could leave. I was going to take him to school. And he said, mom, do you remember what it was like before the babies came here? And I knew exactly where that was going. Cause he just had this sad little look on his face. Mm. I said, yes, baby, I do. But I also remember what it was like before you came to live with me and dad. And I'm very glad you're here. So, and that was the only time he ever said anything, but it, it changed his little life. It really did change his little life. And so, and it changed our lives too, but now we're, we're all happy that we're all here. So it's hard for a kid, um, especially when it's been by themselves for so long to suddenly have 
three siblings at once. It was, that was a tough transition for him. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I like that you involved him in lots of it though. So it wasn't like they were just taking over their life. Like he was involved in it. So that, that was a really good job. We, we tried from early, early on in the pregnancy to just talk about, Oh, you're going to be the best big brother. And you know, you're going to, you're going to be able to do this and you're going to be able to do that. So we, we tried to make all the excitement include him because, um, I, I do think that's something that's hard for kids, especially one that's that old. You know, it's one thing when they're, you know, a year or two years old and they they really their memory is so short. They only remember the things that have happened just in the last few weeks around them. But he was old enough to remember lots of years where he was the only grandchild and the only child. And so that was um, it was a transition for him. Well, and the way you frame the conversation with young ones, especially but older ones, too, but. The way you frame that conversation with them and talk about things in such a positive light, that helps tremendously. I mean, I was thinking about um, in midwifery, um, there's so many times where I just have to leave, you know, and I have a four-year-old. And since he was, well, one and a half, um, I've just had to leave, you know, at different times and don't know when I'm coming back. And that's one thing that we've talked a lot about is framing that conversation really well. It's not just, he doesn't see that as me just abandoning him and leaving. And then eventually wow. mom comes back. Instead, we have this conversation, like, I'm so thankful that you let mommy go take care of another mommy and look at this sweet little baby that mommy got to help with, you know, and had it made it more where, hey, you were an active participant in helping this little one come to be because you allowed mommy to be able to go. And yes. that makes them so excited instead. And it's just a simple, you know, way to just reframe the conversation. So he feels like he is a part of it and it's not taking away from him, but it's actually adding to something. Yes. And it sounds like that's very similar to what you have done with Seth uh, or did do with him as he was growing up, just changing that conversation to where he feels like such a valuable member of the family. And I'm sure you probably had conversations too about how God placed him as the eldest in the family for a reason and that he gets to be the big brother to, you know, his siblings there. Yes. Which now he's pretty well grown, huh? Yes, he is 21 years old. He is he is a grown man. So <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So I'm sure life growing up with with uh, an older child and, and triplets has been exciting. It has been. It's been exhausting and exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All at once. What do you think are some of the, your biggest takeaways from your journey thus far let's not even talk about hopefully they don't don't all get married around the same time and you have three oh my weddings goodness, I know. <laughs> to deal with. just putting all of them on our car insurance at the same time is like we're Oof. dreading that in the next few months but um I would I would say probably my biggest takeaway and maybe maybe I've learned more about God's character from motherhood because that's this is all I've ever really wanted to do. I love being a pharmacist, but I could stop being a pharmacist today and be okay. But if I had to stop being a mother today, my soul would ache. So um, maybe that's why I've I've learned more about God's character being a mother than than through anything else. 
but I think just learning to be patient, learning to, for everybody to take their turn, learning to, um, learning that I can only do one thing at a time, no matter how many things there are to do. I think those are some big things that I've, I've learned through motherhood. Um, and, and to tell anybody else who ever has multiples or even just multiple babies who are very young, um, they don't die from crying. It's okay. <laughs> if somebody, yeah. if somebody's crying, it's okay. If they're, if they're still warm and pink and making noise, then you are all right. And it's a hard day to listen to a lot of crying and, and thank the good Lord. My children were not criers. So we didn't have a lot of that. They, they just cried when they had a problem and you address the problem and they stopped. But, um, I've been in places before where there's babies just crying, 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 and it, it does frazzle you, mm-hmm. um, especially when it's your baby, because that's just, a that, that causes hormone releases and all other kinds of things that we know about as moms. It's hard to listen to them cry, but, um, they won't die from that. So if your baby is crying and you need to step out on the porch and take a mommy break, then step out on the porch and take a mommy break because as long as you can still hear them, they're fine. Yep. Yep. I've, I've done that many times myself. <laughs> yes. Sometimes you I, have to. <laughs> yeah. I, I had four under five and, um, for the first little set that we had. And uh, there were many times where everybody was crying and mommy wanted to just cry too. You mm-hmm. know, like it wasn't, I couldn't, I couldn't resolve the the issues. And especially when it's an infant too, it's just set them down in a safe space and walk outside for a moment, you yes. know, take a breath, take a moment. And um, there was a, a doula recently on the podcast and she, she mentioned that exact thing for mamas to do. And she was said, just go outside. If you can barefoot, put your feet in the dirt for a moment, <laughs> look up at the sky and take some deep breaths. And yeah. that is such a good way to kind of reset and then get back into the situation. You can help yourself think a little straighter. Anytime I give any that advice I can just feel cold air around me so I guess I probably did that more when they were teeny tiny uh-huh. because it was winter because I'm thinking why do I always feel cold on my skin when I say that but just just describing <laughs> it now step out on the porch I felt cold because uh-huh. when, when they're tiny and I mean you know I I had not had an infant for nearly six years and suddenly I had three at once and so I was I was starting over again I was learning <laughs> again. And, um, yeah, there were days I just had to go stand on the back porch because, um, I I couldn't for a minute, but like you said, you just leave them in a safe space and, and you reset. Well, I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for sharing, um, your story and how the Lord's really blessed you and grown you, um, as you've gotten to raise, um, your older one and these three amazing uh, human beings um, like you said that the Lord just purposed to be here for this exact time frame thank you for listening may you be encouraged and strengthened by what you've heard today remember you are dearly loved by your creator so be who he created you to be may you go in peace friends till next time shalom shalom